0: Davis is back. We talk Purdue. And is the AP poll actually more accurate than the CFP? All that and more next on Dot in the Eye with Davis and Chad. what's up buckeye nation and welcome back to dot in the eye with davis and chad this is episode 34 and we are coming to you right after a gigantic win over purdue saturday night in the shoe um we have davis back on the podcast today and sitting in of course is chaz williamson welcome everybody to the podcast and uh let's go like this we'll go just like this davis since you weren't on last time give me your general synopsis of the game Uh, Tell me what your highs and lows were and uh, tell me how excited you are because I know I'm getting ready to hear it. Yeah, so I
1: know obviously I missed the last episode uh, because scheduling uh, conflict, but basically, you know, I didn't get a chance to really talk preview for uh, Purdue, but I kind of had a feeling about this game. And after listening to you guys, you guys were very similar. The fact that, hey, you know, we got to be careful about this one. I feel like it's going to be kind of close, but maybe Ohio State pulls away a little bit. And the day before the game, I remember I called you up and I said, listen, dude, I I just got a feeling like I feel like we're going to be firing all cylinders. I see us covering the spread. I see us doing really well. And you're like, gosh, I really wish you were on the episode so we could have argued about it. Long story short, though, we came out and did probably better than I even expected us to do. Um, We looked like that team kind of in the middle of that big run we were having after that Tulsa game where we were just firing on all cylinders. You know, we were, our touchdown percentage per drive was like almost 100%. We kind of picked right back up on that, on that same note there. Um, I was extremely pleased with the running game getting back going. Travion Henderson uh, getting his again and looking like one of the best running backs in the nation again. Also really excited to see uh, some other people in the passing game, not just predominantly one person getting it, but you know, kind of the whole wide receiving core really uh, taking part in the whole game. And Garrett Wilson had a day, didn't he? I mean, boy, had four touchdowns, well, three receiving, one rushing. Just looked insanely good. I mean, we made Purdue look stupid. So my overall feeling was I thought we played great. I thought it was almost a little bit of a statement game. Uh, because I mean people were calling for possible upset and we put that to bed pretty quick I think it was definitely a stepping stone for CJ Stroud for his heisman campaign possibility and I know we'll dive into the defensive numbers here but I'm not willing to knock the defense as much as some people want to and I'll explain why later but my overall um you know feeling about this entire game was we we really brought you know we took him to the woodshed so very happy to see that All right, Chaz, give it to me. I would
2: say probably the same exact thing. I was happy to see the offensive line move people. I was happy to see Williams get a lot of carries and get some really, really good runs. Henderson taking that one to the house was amazing, and having uh, Wilson come back was amazing to see. It was great to see him do what he does. I'm kind of like Davis. Uh, The defense, yeah, there's things that, other than the first drive and then the fumble, I know Davis said we would touch on later. Uh, I would just say the one knock, on that was the uh, defensive line pressure we didn't get really any pressure we didn't have a sack and then the one pressure we did have we didn't take the opportunity to get the sack so I'm very very pleased and surprised because I thought I thought it would be a very close game I did not expect CJ to throw over 300 yards so that was very awesome to see so I would say probably about the same
0: as Davis on that one
1: and it's good well, to have you back Davis too thanks buddy hey what about you Chad where, where are you at on this one
0: well, I got to be honest, man. I it, I kind of side with you guys here. I hate to I hate to agree. You know, I hate agreeing with you guys. Like it burns me up to agree with you. But I have to agree with you, man. It was a great game. Um, I saw a lot of positive things, both offensively and offensively. Ah, uh, you know, I'm going to be negative Nancy when we talk about defense, probably. Um, but I did like some things. I really don't have anything to complain about, man. I thought CJ had a great day. The receivers had a great day. Great days um, running game. I like the fact that we finally mixed it up a little bit. My and Williams got some carries. I enjoyed that. That's what should be happening, and I'm glad to see that. But the the one knock that I got, and it's it's not really on the way we played the game. It's just kind of of the management. I said this to you guys during our group text during the game. Is that just, man, I, I feel like we need to get some of these other quarterbacks in there at the end of these games just to get a little bit of experience. And I'm not talking about an entire quarter. I'm talking about bring him in for fi- for a couple of a couple of series. Let him run this offense. cause I keep thinking to myself, man, CJ Stroud is amazing. He's killing it. Like everybody said he's leading the Heisman campaign at this point, according to ESPN. But man, if he goes down, we are screwed. That's all I can think about. You know, no, nobody really has much experience behind him. I just feel like, man, we, in these games where we know we've won, where we score, like we said, whatever it was, eight out of eight times, you know, in the first times we get the ball, man, throw the backup in, dude. Give him a couple series. Let's, you know, let's let's get him some game time situation. That That's really only my one complaint about it. Well, while I do agree that, you know, we do need to get some
1: more experience and a little bit more depth uh, at the quarterback position. Uh, you have to understand, even though we did have a sizable lead, you know, it's still kind of had a tiny bit of feeling in the back of your head that hey if we don't keep scoring you know we're showing that we're not really able to keep them off the scoreboard as well in this game with how it was panning out and even if you put someone in I mean are we really going to trust them to run that full offense in regard to you know all the passing and everything or is it going to be more of you know running the ball so I I get what you're saying but But yeah but you have to because you're going to have to trust them if CJ goes down aren't you True, but if he wasn't down on that point, and the most important thing is that game. I mean, I'm I, saying, listen, do you want your I quarterback
0: looking like a deer in the headlights when he comes in for the first time, or like, or like Kenny Guyton? They got a little bit of work at the end of every, you know what I mean? He got work here and there. So when he came in, it really wasn't like a giant shell shock. You know, yeah, like that. That's yeah, all I'm really I mean, trying to say. Like, and I, I get, get it, dude. Yeah,
1: no, I, right. I'm on the same page with you. I get it. It just didn't really feel. Like I, I had a feeling the way the whole game is going, that CJ was going to play start to finish, you know, unless the defense really kept him to like 13, 14 points at that point, I did not see another quarterback coming in. It's not that I didn't think they were capable of doing it, but it just didn't have that vibe. Like, you know, you go think, ahead and Chaz? put all the backups in. What do you think?
2: When we were texting, like, cause I know I was, joking and trying to be funny but i I really thought it was for style points like i really thought of you for a second chad when i texted that but i didn't you know when we were texting i really thought it would be style points you know take advantage of stomping on somebody's throat kind of putting it on them and putting it on them but i'm like you in a sense of um getting other guys opportunities to see the field but uh, you you may disagree with me on this one i thought it would have been more of the offensive line And the second group of receivers, because I've I mean, we've talked about that during the middle of the season when they've played like Rutgers or Akron and stuff like that. Why is it that the other young group of receivers aren't getting in? Because, like I said, like last last week, uh, Nebraska, Wilson's out and then Fleming gets his first opportunity, which, you know, is great and everything. But that's the way I look at it in other position groups is I just wondered why they didn't get an opportunity to play, to get some experience. Cause you know, what if Wilson gets another concussion or what if Olave you know, God forbid gets hurt or something like that. You know, that's, that's kind of where I felt, but I, I was kind of like you, I, I didn't know why they didn't come out and throw the ball, throw the ball a couple of times with the young guys like Kyle and, and Quinn, but I thought it was more for style points.
0: That, that was my first thought when we were texting. So, and and you could be right. Like, in the back of my mind, it's just that I guess like now that we're here, I guess I'm skittish from last season. You know what I mean? Like anything can happen, man. Can, can somebody go out on COVID protocol? Yes. It's still happening. Now, we've been lucky so far, knock on wood. Okay, but I'm saying it, it could happen. It could happen to a key player. And like you said, could happen to Olave or Njigba or somebody like that or Trayvon Henderson. And I just think about that stuff, especially at this time of the year. And I just thought to myself during the Purdue game, this might be the most sizable lead we're going to have in the games we have left. Now, I could be wrong. Maybe we'll come out and blow everybody out. I I don't know that. You know, all I'm saying is that, like, I saw that opportunity, and I thought, man, this might be the biggest lead we have in the games we have left of the season. So, like, let's put some work in. Like you said, let's get some receivers in. Let's get the second team in. Let's get Kyle McCord or whoever the heck you want to put on the field after that in there. And get a couple reps, man. That That's all I was really saying.
1: Yeah, I get it. So because of the, the game yesterday, we are now back in first place in regards to points per game and yards per game. And continue to look like, you know, they even said that if there's going to be one team that could really put up a threat against Georgia, uh, it's Ohio State. And I fully believe that because I think we have the best offense in the country. I think we have the best capability for firing on all all cylinders to be able to exploit the defense that uh, Georgia has. And if you think about it, the one thing that Georgia does really well is that they're able to get pressure to the quarterback and get a lot of sacks. Well, what's the strength of Ohio State's team? It's pass blocking, correct? I think that could almost kind of 50-50 itself out. And then once you can kind of have a little bit more room in the pocket— you can expose that Georgia defense. I mean, Tennessee early on exposed it until they kind of went to crap. But, you know, the whole point I'm making is I think this is what this team is capable of regardless of the defense that we play. It's just whether or not we can game plan for it or not. Because, I mean, Purdue is not a bad defense. They're I think they're in the top 25 defensively in the country. So they're not a bad defense. I wouldn't say they're an elite defense, obviously. But definitely a defense where they have, you know, a first-round draft pick prospect on the defensive end, and they have several other athletes uh, on the field that have had a lot of interceptions, uh, tackles for losses. I mean, you've seen what they did to Iowa. You've seen what they did to Michigan State. So I don't think this was just, you know, a crazy aberration like this. You know, this happened, you know, like lightning in a bottle thing. You know, this is what we're capable of doing. The red zone looked a lot better this time around. The running game got going. And that was the two keys, if you remember, that we talked about last episode that needed to get fixed. And we fixed them with flying colors. And what we have, we had our, our, our best productive uh, offensive output since uh, the Tulsa game.
0: Okay, well, that brings a yeah. good segue here. I, I want to ask Chaz this because I think it's, it's going to be part of what he's going to say anyway. I'll ask Chaz this, then Davis answer that answer afterwards. Is the team that we saw Saturday night versus Purdue the real Ohio State team? Because I think we can both, I think we can all agree, okay, it's been no matter where your opinion lies and how we've played week to week, It has been somewhat of a roller coaster. You know, we've gone through some growing pains. We've had some ups and downs. And I feel like it all came to fruition on Saturday night. But do you believe that that's the real Ohio State team?
2: Like, I want to say, like, before I go on, that, like, that performance on offense is what I think we all were waiting for after the Oregon game. Like, can we all agree on that? Like, to me... Yeah, On the offensive side of the ball, that was the co- most complete offense I think I've seen all year. I mean, that was, like I said, it shocked the hell out of me. I was not expecting that at all. I thought we'd start slow. It's honestly great to see, and, and what a way to, like, when to start it. Like, right now, before these next two games. Like, that, that was great. So, on the offensive side of the ball, to answer your question, yes. What they did Saturday, that right there is a playoff or a national title team offense. There ain't
0: no doubt about it. But do you think before you answer Davis, Chaz, do you think that that's sustainable? Do you think that's something that we continue to do week in and week out for the rest of the season? Or was this just a good week?
2: If you see, and I would say, yeah, because of their confidence. Like, did I mean, when you go back and watch that, like everybody was getting into it. Like everybody. Like the, and, and then not even that just the the mistakes on offense there was I mean they played clean too you know they were focused they had they everybody had confidence on that side of the ball I mean I think they can sustain it if if that right there like after the game if Ryan you know day took the offense and said hey look this is what you can do yes I think they are very very capable of doing it like the, there should be no reason why now like you've already done
1: it so just keep doing it Davis. Now, I I agree the most part. Do I think we can sustain 620 yards of offense and almost 60 points a game? No. Um, I think that was uh, also partly because we had some key turnovers. Uh, We had short field to work with early on in the game. Um, Definitely took the uh, advantage of some big plays that may not be there against some tougher teams. But do I still think that we are a 500-plus yard, uh, 42-plus point team uh, against anyone? Yes. I think for the most part, that's going to be good enough. Um, Now, again, on the other side of the ball, which I know we'll talk about here in a little bit, we're going to have to maintain that level, in my opinion, against these better teams, because that's going to be, you know, a little bit of our Achilles heel. Because when you said, is this more of a true representation of our team? I think it's almost exactly what our team is. I think the offense is unstoppable if we're not if we're not shooting ourselves in the foot. Um, I think the defense um, is decent. I think they can make plays when they need to, but I also think they're going to give up a bunch of yards and they can definitely get exposed in a passing game. I think our running de- our run defense has improved a lot. Uh, we're not getting run on hardly at, at all anymore, um, and I think that's good news for the matchup next week against Michigan State. That, you know, I'm feeling a lot more confidence in the run defense than I am the pass defense. So I would agree that I think this is more realistically what we should expect um, going forward. And I mean, the motivation is going to be there. I can understand the Nebraska game. There's a little bit of a lull there. Um, The Purdue game was almost kind of, you know, it was the best thing that happened to us was Purdue beating Michigan State because it helped to get them ranked, put them on the map and really help us kind of take them serious. But I mean, game day is going to be there next week. So they're not going to need any more motivation for that, and then obviously going on the road to Michigan, you know, there's build-up frustration not getting to play them last year. The motivation's there. So I think if they keep, continue to stay focused in practice um, and stay healthy, most importantly, uh, I think this is definitely what we should expect to see for the next few few weeks.
0: Yeah, I'm going to kind of agree, but I I'm going to take it just a hair deeper. Like to me, it all lies with the offensive lines performance. And by saying that, what I'm saying is that I feel like when we establish the run, like we talked about before in keys to the game, when we establish the run, like we had 263 yards rushing on Saturday night, um, we're unstoppable. Well, yeah, when it we was eight,
1: it was it was eight and a half yards per per rush too. I mean, that's a that's a stupid number. Yeah, that's really
0: good. My point is, and and you know what, Straub was lights out, right? He had five, five TDs, no interceptions, 361 yards. But my point is he threw it 38 times, where in other games we've had to throw it over 50, game, 50 times when we can't establish a run. So my point is I think everything really comes back to that offensively. So to me, it's all about the offensive line, man, and how they play going forward. Do I think it's sustainable? I do. I think as long as they do their job and do what they're supposed to do, then I think that this is sustainable. Um, if they play like crap and get dominated by a D-line, I don't think it is. That's, that's kind of where I lie.
1: Yeah, I agree, and I mean, th- this This game literally set up for all the success that we had talked about. Like, what do we need to see out of this team to be able to get the results? And I said it had to be at least 200 yards of rushing. They had 260. It had to be pretty balanced. I mean, 360 passing yards to 260 rushing, I'd, I'd say that's pretty balanced. Um, and I think it's still that it still looks like we're more of a pass-first team, but knowing that that running is there, Uh, see not once in the, in the game, did I have to, did I think CJ should have kept the ball and ran, or did I think that there should have been a design run for like when we have a running game going, I can now see where there's not really that much need for him to run. I understand that's still possibly going to be an issue going forward, especially on short distance, three, third and fourth down goal line, stuff like that. But you know, as long as we can get the running game going, we don't have to stress about things like that. But I think this is the perfect makeup for what we really need to be producing uh, over the next several weeks.
0: Well, let's switch gears real quick. You know, we've we've stayed on one side of the ball here, so let's go Chaz and then Davis on this one. Chaz, tell me, tell me, and give me a grade um, A through F. How how do you grade out this defense Saturday night? I would
2: have gave it like a just a solid C. Because, like I said, I I thought we could have got pressure with just four. I really did. And, I mean, the one, like I said, there was just one play where we had an opportunity to sack him and we missed him. You know, um, other than, like I said, the first drive and then the fumble recovery, I didn't think we played very well on the back end of the defense. I mean, I knew that, you know, we all knew that they were going to throw the ball. I mean, I mean, everybody who watches Buckeye football and Purdue knew that they were going to throw the ball, but I was just kind of disappointed that we didn't get any pressure other than the, you know, just the one time and then the one turnover. I just, I don't know. I just felt like we had too many opportunities to get off the field. We couldn't get off the field. And there was a couple misassignments on coverage. Uh, the, you know, the first touchdown, Hickman didn't go, you know, he didn't go across to, to cover. I don't know. I, I would just gave it a C, dude. I, I just... I don't know. I just wasn't very happy with it. I just expected a little bit more. And missed tackles, too. There was a lot of missed tackles, too, Saturday.
1: Davis? Uh, I'm closer to a C plus, maybe borderlining a B-. See, listen, I don't think people realize, but Purdue's passing offense ranks 7th in the country, and we're 6th in the country in, in passing offense. So this is by far the best passing offense that we've seen all year and that we will see all year. OK, it was apparent that the game plan was to not take a lot of shots downfield. It was to pick apart the zone. It was to just try to keep getting first downs. That's why we were blowing them out in the score. But they actually had more first downs than we did, at, at, you know, for the better part of that game. I think that gets overlooked. And I mean, they had really good wide receivers. Um, You know, David Bell, arguably maybe one of the better wide receivers in the Big Ten. You know, even though we kept him in check for the most part, and he didn't score a touchdown. He still got over 100 yards because... You know, the um, the other quarterback, what's his name? Can't think off the top of my head. Um,
0: yeah, Aiden O'Connell.
1: So, yeah, uh, Purdue's quarterback, uh, Aiden McDonald, I mean, threw it 52 times. For Aiden McDonald?
0: 90%. Jesus Christ, dude, this ain't a commercial for a fast food restaurant. It's Aiden O'Connell, asshole. So, <laughs> so Purdue's quarterback, Aiden O'Connell,
1: uh, I mean, threw 52 times uh, for, like, almost 400 yards. You know, so... When you're throwing it that that often and you keep dinking and dunking underneath and picking apart, you know the zone. Like you know, being the top 10 passing team in the country, they're going to get their yards. So I think it was not only you know the best passing offense that we faced. I think it might be the best one we'll face all year. And that's why we still gave up four touchdowns um, and almost 400 yards. So that was always going to be a tough matchup. I don't care. You know, the only way that uh, I guess you could have gone about that differently is to play more man. But who are we really trusting in man at that point? You know, maybe Denzel Burke and that's it. Maybe Cam Brown, but definitely not seven banks. Seven banks looks weak. He kind of reminds me of, oh gosh, what's his name from last year?
0: Sean that, Wade.
1: Yeah, thank you. Sean Wade from last year. Like he, he's just, he's not aggressive. You know, he gets pushed around. Sure, it could have been a push off, but man, you know, be tough. You know, I, I don't know it, I think the scheme and everything is one of the reasons why we didn't get a lot of pressure on the quarterback. Cause honestly, tell me how many times in that game did you see us bring a blitz? Like maybe not at all. Maybe once. I mean, we're constantly only bringing three or four. I understand it was, it it wasn't good that we're only getting three or four, but Purdue has a really good offensive line, you know, a good pass passing, uh, blocking just like Ohio state does. So because we weren't able to get home, they could pick that, um, pick the zone apart. And that's kind of what happened. So, that's why I'm, you know, not as critical on them because that was going to be a tough matchup to begin with, but yeah, I'm I'm gonna stick with probably a C plus on that.
0: Okay, I'm gonna go with a solid C because C stands for average, and that's exactly what I think this defense is. Um, you know, I, I I guess it's it's an improvement from what I thought they were gonna be going forward. So I don't want to I don't want people to take that as a bag. I'm not saying like all oh, they suck. I'm giving them an average thing. They've made improvements quite a bit. And there has been some standout, you know, athletes, you know, with Denzel Burke and Ronnie Hickman and uh, Steel Chambers, dude. Jesus, he's turned into a player. But I'm saying this much. I feel like when I look at this team, like, it makes me feel like we're Oklahoma. Like, it makes me feel like that, like a Big 12 team, like If we get a passing quarterback that comes out here, you know what I mean? They're going to get their yardage. They're going to get their scores. Now, can we score more than them? Probably. But I feel like people are going to get their stuff. I mean, to be honest, dude, Purdue hasn't thrown that much on anybody except Michigan State other than us. And think about all the, the people they played this year. We are the second amount of most yards that they've thrown on for anybody. So, like, I keep that into account, and I get that was the game plan. I get it. That was the game plan. But I'm just saying, man, when I look at it, first of all, when you got Bryson Shaw on the field, Jesus Christ, man, anything could happen. That kid is a turd. But anyway, um, <laughs> I'm just saying, but I'm just saying, We're I think we're playing a zone and I think that they're still getting used to playing that. Like, I feel like the, the assignments are not always where they should be. I feel like there's slightly some confusion. You know, that's why I give it a C. It was a solid effort. I think they're getting better every week. There is some standout people on this defense that are going to be stars. But I just think going forward, like, we're going to have to lean on this offense if we want to win football games in late November and in January.
1: And I agree. And if you think that the games that we've really struggled, it's because we've scored, you know, under 35 points. As long I think that's kind of gonna be the makeup for our success is that the defense it they they just need to try to do as best they can, be opportunistic, get a few turnovers, uh, which we've done this year. I mean, we have a really good turnover margin. I think we're like plus nine on the turnover margin. But it definitely seems like, you know, we're not gonna be producing a lot of three and outs. You know, we're definitely it's also gonna potentially hurt us on field position at times. Um if they were driving, but we do get stops, but they're at least getting a couple first downs and pinning us, you know, deep inside our own side of the field. But that definitely seems like, you know, the defense is going to be, it's almost predictable. You know, the defense is probably going to give about 400 yards of offense and anywhere between 20, 25 points on average would be my guess. So I think as long as the offense can keep firing and scoring at least – Forty points a game or more. I mean, I think our defense can keep all these other teams under forty. Let me ask you: Do
0: when you guys look at this team, do you agree with what I said in that it's kind of Big Twelve esque? Um, I'm only going to agree
1: partially, just because of the statistics that we're seeing. I don't think that's the. I don't. I don't think it's the players. Uh, I think we're still young. I think we still have a lot of moving pieces in there, especially changing. I mean, it's almost unprecedented to make a change like that uh, in the middle of a season. And we are seeing improvement, but that's just because people are getting more comfortable. Um, I don't think it's Big 12 and the fact that, you know, that's complacency, that that's okay, that, hey, let's just get out there and try to score 50. You know, the goal is to try to uh, get better on defense and to try to get back to what we would expect the Big 10 and Ohio State defense to be. So I disagree there, but statistically right now, I mean, it's kind of creeping up to a little bit of what the old Oklahoma used to look like, or the new Oklahoma, or whatever you want to call them.
0: Traz, how do you how do you feel about that statement?
2: I'm kind of like Davis when it comes to the statistics. Yeah, it does kind of look like Oklahoma, but the one thing I would say, Davis, when you say like, yeah, I mean, that will be the best, well, top-rated passing offense that we will see when you go and think okay if we match up against Alabama like they they have obviously deeper guys than Purdue does and that's when that's what I was saying you know I just felt like we've missed our opportunities at Saturday to get after the quarterback I I don't believe that we are a big 12 team I don't think we're an Oklahoma team you know I still believe that there is some pride on defense when you look at it because like i said at the end of last year and the beginning of this year it looked like we were just yes oklahoma like we did not want to play defense but it's it's just tough for me man like i said because it you know defense is a thing for me like it, it's i'm the old school kind of guy i still believe that we should pride ourselves on defense and i do believe when you look at this team from the end of last year in the two game two games of the season like we have improved but I just felt like Saturday we missed our opportunities to get off the field uh get some pressure but but when but when we were talking about other teams and matchups um like Purdue yes is going to be the best um passing team that we've seen all year but I look at it when we match up against Alabama you know they they have better guys than Purdue So I just look at like that matchup as, okay, you know, we have got to improve on that side of the ball, you know, and I understand that we are still young and we did change our scheme or our head guy on defense, but I still, I still think that we can become the defense that we've always had at Ohio state.
1: Yeah. Don't, don't get me wrong. Like I'm not okay with the defense this year, but I've settled into acceptance of what we're really going to be capable of doing. And we're never going to be that team that is going to be keeping teams under 20 points that are good teams and dominating a game on defense and doing things like that. You know, I think that we've seen enough good things with the amount of sacks that we have gotten in most games, Uh, the ability to turn the ball over to score defensively um, to, but it's like, You know, I think the norm and what's to be expected, especially with the level of competition that we're getting ready to go through, um, you know, I've just accepted the fact that, hey, we just need to be opportunistic at this point, you know, to try to keep the ball in front of us, not give up the big play. They may march the field on us, but that gives them a lot more opportunities to turn the ball over, have penalties, do something stupid, and be opportunistic in those means. That's kind of where I'm at with the defense. I'm not okay with it, but that kind of seems like, that's what we're going to have to roll with this year. And it's going to put a lot more pressure on the offense to have to produce like they have uh, or like they did against Purdue. But, you know, I think the offense is up for the challenge. Um, We definitely can't afford any more of those Nebraska games. Um, So moving forward, you know, I don't know where we go from here in in regards to expecting anything more from the defense other than probably what we've seen. So, I mean – it's just going to be timely plays, really, to be, to be honest with you. It's just going to have to be making timely plays and finding some way to get a better percentage of not giving up touchdowns in the red zone because I feel like every time a team gets in the red zone, we're constantly giving up a touchdown, constantly giving up a touchdown.
0: See, and that's kind of like where I was when I said Big 12-esque. That's why I said it like that. I said esque. Okay, which means ish, right? I mean, it's not like we're going back
1: and forth and just, you know, shooting out 50 to 50, like that's not going to happen. No, what I'm
0: saying is that like, I'm sure that Oklahoma, as much as they suck on defense and have for many, many, many years, I'm just saying like, I'm sure that they have some pride in trying to be a defensive football team in some way. They don't want to just come out and lay down. I can't hardly believe that. But I will say at this point, we have a young defense. We've changed schemes. We know what it's going to be. Okay, we, we have a good idea of what it's going to be, and like Davis said, I've come to acceptance, and that's kind of that's kind of why I said Big 12 esque and that you know I'm sure that Oklahoma doesn't want to come out and get scored on 35 points a game, but they do, and they've you know, and I think we've kind of come to realize that that's the kind of team we are this year, like we we are that team, and I'm not saying we're going to get a th- 35 points to everybody, I'm just saying we're a team that's going to lean on our offense and hope that our defense can get enough stops, get enough pressure, make enough plays, uh to keep us in these games. You know what I mean? And I think that's truly the essence of this team this year. And I, I, I know I know it looks bad, but we're really we're only giving up an
1: average of twenty point two points a game. And I know that could be a little bit skewed because some of the easier competition we played in the middle of the season, but Exactly you know, but but we're still, you know, there's other teams that have done the same thing that yeah, haven't they how, played. How many points have we
0: given how many points have we given up to teams that are good? Well, I mean, that's just relatively speaking. Like, how many teams are other teams playing that are good? Well, not really, like, dude. If you if you play if you play four games a year, three of them are for little league uh high school teams and the other ones the Yankees, um, those stats are going to be slightly skewed when you average well, them out. Well,
1: then I'd venture this too. I mean, Georgia's given up seven point six points per game, but tell me one team they've played that's ranked. Ten uh I mean uh, uh, Arkansas. All I'm saying, though, is just, you know, I, I'm not defending them in the fact that, hey, you know, we're we're better than we think we are. I'm just saying, if you think relatively, like we're not giving up extreme numbers, like you would see Oklahoma. For example, uh Oklahoma is giving up, I mean, 24 and a half points this year, and that two extra points per game. I mean, equates to after 10 games, that's 20 extra points over the season. That's an extra three scores are given up. So all I'm saying is, you know, Alabama's is around 18 points per game. I mean, they're not that far off. You know, I just think it's got to be the opportunistic stuff that kind of like because teams are going to get their yards against us. Um, they're going to we've just got to tighten up the red zone. We've got to keep more off the scoreboard on top of giving up those yards and just be more opportunistic and turning the ball over.
0: Chas, yeah, I know you I, had something I, you want to say.
2: Yeah, no, I was just gonna say like I, I totally understand like what you guys are saying like especially from last year like that past defense like the the COVID year. I mean, we all can agree like that was
1: it was garbage. Last that was year. terrible.
2: Yeah, it was. Now it's hard for me just because like I said like for me on because I'm I I think defensively I I've, I've always thought like that maybe that that like, comes from. You know, my uncle or something, I I don't know. But it's, it's hard for me to accept. Now, I'm not saying that we need to be like a Georgia defense. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that we need to go back to early 2000 Buckeye defense, you know, where, you yeah. know, the defense is winning every game for us. I'm not saying that. I'm kind of like where you are. Like, if the opportunity presents itself on third and seven, we got to get off the field. You know, that's, that's where it's like, that's what I want to see. And that's what I think why I, I gave it a C, just a C see Saturday, because I knew, I mean, we all knew they were going to throw the ball on us, you know, wow. I mean, I mean, we, we could have probably done a, you know, a prop bet of, Hey, are they going to throw the ball 50 t- over 50 times? I think every single one of us would have been like, yeah, they're going to throw the ball 50 times and more. You know, I mean, we knew that game plan. I was just disappointed that we didn't cause an interception. We didn't get a, a pick. We didn't, you know, come around with a strip set. That, that's all I was saying, you know, when it came to that opportunity, because when you throw the ball more, I mean, you're likely to get a pick or two, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, right. that, that's the, yeah, that's the only thing I was trying to say, you know, and now these two games coming up, which I know we're not previewing, but I mean, we we're not going to see that like we saw against Purdue. So I just wish that you know, I just want them to to continue to improve, especially in the zone coverage, because we have got to tighten that up. You know, we we truly do. So, hey, right. dude, should
0: yeah. I get you? A, I'm I'm going to get you a Bryson Shaw jersey, dude. I'm going to get. Thanks, it. man. I appreciate that, dude. I
2: really do. <laughs> because you know what? Hey, you know what? He did have. He was the second leading tackler Saturday. So.
0: Listen, uh, like we talked about, um, that was uh, assists. That was not single tackles. <laughs> uh,
2: well, tackle is a tackle, my friend. It does not matter if Davis holds him on for dear life and I just come over and hip check him. He Mine
0: still counts too, you know? <laughs> All right, well, let me, let me segue into this real quick because uh, something interesting happened today um, in that the new AP poll came out. And obviously we know... Uh, with everything that happened uh, this weekend, and by the way, I'd like to thank the uh, Fighting Lane Kiffins for giving me another W and also being making me right again. Some people lost, uh, namely Oklahoma and stuff like that, and there's been some movement in the AP. And when the AP came out, I looked at it and I went, you know something? Like it, it, It's kind of slightly reminiscent of the BCS to me in that if the BCS was still around... I'm not saying this would be exactly what it is, but it seems more BCS-esque. I hate to use that word twice in a podcast, but-esque. So, so real quick, if you guys don't know, the AP came out today, and it went like this. Number one, Georgia. Number two, Alabama. Number three, Cincinnati. Number four, Oregon. Number five, Ohio State. Number six, Notre Dame. Number seven, Michigan State. Number eight, Michigan. Number nine, Oklahoma State. And number 10, Ole Miss. Okay, so knowing what you guys know about the CFP, what I wanted to ask you both was this, and I don't care who takes it first, do you feel the AP poll is more correct right now than the CFP?
1: Um, I'm going to say yes and no. Um, I will say yes in the fact that the AP tends to value the head-to-head better uh, and a lot more consistently. They're still having Michigan State above Michigan. They obviously have Oregon above Ohio State. Um. Have Baylor ahead of OU, even though Baylor has two losses and Oklahoma has one. You know, stuff like that. So I I agree in the fact that uh, at least that's more of a consistent representation of what we're seeing. But I still cannot vouch for the fact that Cincinnati is the number three team in the country. And me personally, and it's probably partly being a homer as well, but I just... I don't agree with Oregon being ranked above us anymore. Like, I understand the head-to-head, but, you know, I think it's been a lot more clear consistently that we have looked better overall than Oregon has. And Oregon still has a worse loss, if you think about it. I mean, to a Stanford team. Plus, I mean, the computers don't even like Oregon. The computers only give them a 40% chance to even win the Pac-12. Um, and the game, uh, this weekend against Utah, Utah's favored. You mean to tell me the fourth team in the country against a Utah team that is 24th in this, in, in the AP poll, but yeah. I can't wait to hear Chaz go on on that, go, but continue on. But you see what I'm saying, right? Like, I don't understand that I ha I still, I'm, I'm on a personal level. I'm having a problem with Oregon being ahead, you know? And, but the big thing is, I just, I I agree more with the CFP in regards to where Cincinnati is being put. So that's kind of more my take. But I do, I do think it looks a little bit more
0: consistent and probably a little more accurate. Before you go on, before Chaz gives me his take, because I know that he's getting ready to, do you think Cincinnati, who who do you take, Cincinnati or Oregon? Cincinnati wins out, Oregon wins out. Who's the better team? Who do you put in? Uh, Probably Oregon. Chaz, give me me your... And you would
2: take that... Hold on, I don't mean to change subject. You take that like if they played right now.
1: Yeah, I think if they played right now, like on a neutral field, um, Vegas would definitely uh, favor Oregon, and I think Oregon would probably beat Cincinnati. I think it would be a close game. I don't think it would be a blowout or anything like
0: that, but I think it would be a touchdown, 10-point game. You and I would be at the Vegas tables uh drinking beer and seeing which one of us won money because I would probably take the latter.
1: You take Cincinnati over Oregon I would I would too I mean I, I just don't I don't see it and like I'm, I'm having a hard time with Cincinnati. you know I know they had that good win, but they're just hanging their hat on that Notre, on that Notre Dame win and that could have been one game just like Ohio State had that one horrible game against Oregon, right and couldn't pull it out when we outgained them in yards by over 100 yards and just made mistake after mistake, right? So it's like we're being constantly ridiculed by that game. At the same token, Cincinnati is constantly being praised because of that one game, but they're overlooking the issues with Tulsa or with uh, Tulane and Tulsa and Navy. Like, those are teams, if you're the top three team in the country, you should be blowing those teams out. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but didn't we play Tulsa? we beat them by more than Cincinnati did and we did played we a blow them game out process. Did we blow
0: them out? How did we look in that game? I know that uh Travion Henderson set the freshman running record. I'm just saying that we did not look good in that game and you know it.
1: No, I agree. I don't think I think we we definitely underachieved in that game, but you know, we have better wins in my opinion, like if you're doing eye test cuz I th- that's where I'm uh, Kind of mixing it. So now we're talking about on a personal level. Am I more of an eye test person, or I'm more, or am I more of a record? Well, hold and on, I'm, hold on.
0: Before we get in this, because I see where we're going, let me get Chaz's opinion on the AP versus CFP. Then we'll come back to well, this conversation because I want to have. Well, it.
2: I, I, can, I can make it real quick, and then if you, if it's okay with you, can I ask Davis' question after I get? Yeah, go ahead. To yeah, is that okay? No, okay. you may not.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> Why? Because I'm. a... So,
1: anyway, yeah, that's
2: uh, true. Yeah,
1: you I shut your mouth time. when you you shut your mouth when you're talking to me. That's it, <laughs> Richard McRichardson.
2: <laughs> yeah, nobody makes <laughs> me believe my own blood.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: uh, I would say the way the AP has it is the way I would do it because I do value head to head. I do. I that's just how I am because I don't care if your team. I don't care if your team lost to a one on nine team, but your team beat me. Like your team obviously was better, like is better. If you beat me head to head, I, I value head to head. So to me, especially the top five. Yeah, I would say is right. That's just my opinion. That's how I've always felt about that. But I wanted to ask you, Dave, because you did, you did miss a, a really good CFP talk. If you were on the committee and you had to pick one, which one matters to you? Beating the team where they're ranked at now? Or where they're at at the end of the year.
1: That's a good question. No, that's a good question. Me personally, I think it's more important the ranking that you play them because as soon as you beat that team, they're automatically going to drop in ranking. And then they're like, okay, so if you beat the number twenty team, and then the next week they're not ranked, well, that's not your. Then all of a sudden, you're getting credited for a non-ranked win. Immediately a couple days after when they drop them in ranking, but when you played them, they were ranked 20th So how is that fair? Automatically that you play a team that's ranked and then the next week they're not because you beat them You see what i'm saying?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I don't like the fact that okay You beat a team that's unranked but all of a sudden they go on a tear uh, After that and they're in a, being ranked. I mean, I I can see that I I understand both of them are important because down the road. Hey, I beat this team and at the end of the season, they end up being ranked eighth. Okay. So that looks like a quality win. But I think it's more important that you should credit your ranked wins as when you played them. And then that should be like a secondary ranking score, so to speak, of after the fact ranking. Cause
2: that's, cause that's how I feel when it comes to, especially like when me and Chad were talking. To me, that, that means a lot. Like it's not, you know, my fault that, you know, you put a team at, 20 or whatever and I beat him you know what I mean that's that that's where you put him but I kind of ask I kind of want to ask because I just want to get your feel does head-to-head matter to you and I'm not really I mean you could take it as like the Buckeye one as a head-to-head or even Michigan Michigan State or you know anybody else in the top 25 I I guess I'm trying to get your feeling because we have we didn't really all three of us didn't get to talk about it at the same time You know, I guess I'm trying to get where you feel on
1: your criteria are. Does head to head matter to you too? You know what I'm saying? It 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 does, but it's not high up on the list. And here's why: because the rankings, and I know they come out each week, but the Mm -hmm. rankings are supposed to be a culmination of your overall resume, your overall record. Okay, it's not supposed to focus on one part of your season and that's it. So if you say head to heads, you know, the most important thing, then you're focusing on that one game and ignoring all the other ones. As long as they win, doesn't matter. It's the head-to-head. You see what I'm saying. So, how is that a true test of how good a team really is and where they should be ranked if you just keep focusing on one game for the entire season? Okay. Same so thing. Would like you.
0: And I'm you also the person that. Do you agree that Michigan State should be in front of
1: Michigan? Absolutely, absolutely, in a heartbeat. Now, but that that one is because of what I saw, and I watched that game. What I saw was. Michigan looked really good early on, but Michigan State came all the way back and ended up winning that game. And it looked fairly evenly matched. And from that point on, I mean, the other loss that Michigan had was against a Purdue team that ended up being ranked. Now, of course, it wasn't ranked at the time. So it doesn't look like, you know, that they lost to an unranked team. It is what it is. But it's still close enough that if you watch what they've been putting on paper, both teams, because Michigan hasn't looked good. I mean, Michigan struggled against Nebraska. They struggled against Rutgers. Um, they struggled against uh, – they didn't really put Indiana away like we did. I mean, Michigan has not given you any jaw-dropping moments at all this season. But Michigan State has felt a little bit more jaw-dropping, especially with you know their running back, Walker. So I think there's a lot more things that you could say that – you know, if you put them matched up together, if they had the same identical records, let's just say they're both unbeaten, I would still probably favor Michigan State.
0: So so let me ask you this then, real quick. Cause I think I think I've got what you're saying where you lie. Okay, because I think Chaz is what is asking is, you know, he said what he values um and what he looks at slightly. So to me, what you're saying is that you value the eye test or sorry, you value head to head to a degree. In certain Mm -hmm. situations. Right. But overall, your end-all be-all is the eye test. A head-to-head is like a
1: tiebreaker if I can't decide one way or the other. Um, But I am more eye test. But it's got to be an unbiased eye test. And I think that's the problem where we lie, especially with people on the CFP committee is that it definitely looks like they favor the SEC because they're almost built into their heads or told that, hey, this is the dominant conference, whether it's a win or a loss, it's a quality win or a quality loss. And therefore they get the benefit of the doubt on the eye test simply because there's an automatic bias there. If you can try to put the bias out as much as possible, and I know it makes it hard because an eye test is subjective, right? So if you can find a way to put you know that stuff aside, that's where I'm more on the eye test. I mean, just like all of us would sit here and agree, if we had that rematch against Oregon, we all feel like we beat them by two scores. And I'd say almost anyone else, like you could ask Oregon fans right now and give them true serum and say, hey, if we played Ohio State, do you feel confident you win that game? They'd probably say no. And they probably felt like they even snuck away with the one they got uh, got against us in Columbus. So I still don't understand how people, the majority of people, can still look and think that Oregon's a better team than Ohio State. Because at this point, they have identical records. I know they have the head-to-head, but the head-to-head obviously doesn't matter to them with Michigan State and Michigan. I don't don't get it.
2: I mean, I get where where you are coming from, Davis. I truly, truly do. But let me ask you, what if the roles were reversed? What if the roles were reversed? What if we beat... You know, Oregon, okay. And they they ran the table ever since. And say we turn around and lose to I mean, who would be a similar team to us? That'd be Indiana. Okay, we lose to Indiana. That's
1: would a you bad still feel the loss. same way? No, because would Ohio State has feel- been penalized for those kinds of losses. We got penalized against Iowa, we got penalized against Purdue. All those kept us out of CFP because of that loss. We got penalized for losing to Michigan State at home by three in 2015. Ohio State gets penalized for losing more than any other team I feel like ever since the CFP ranking has happened. Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm wrong no, that Ohio I'm, State I'm, has not, not been penalized for losses.
2: No, no, I agree with you on that. I agree. I'm just asking you as a as a like as a football fan, not a Buckeye
1: fan, just a football fan. That's all as a football fan, I obviously do, want do you, the best four teams in. and I understand it's an imperfect system. My way of doing it would be that winning does have to matter, obviously, because then why keep score? But the way you win, the way you look, the way that you're producing on the field has to matter too. I know we've had hiccups, and I know the defense is probably one of the big reasons why we're not able to make that jump over these other teams yet. But the offense is almost historically good, like LSU a couple years ago good. And that's hard to ignore. And people are seeing this, on the field most of the season and i even with our bad games we're still top in the country in in all of these statistics so that's eye test stuff right there how is that not
0: passing an eye test i gotta chime in here no to me i'll let you respond afterwards Chaz. the eye test should be the tiebreaker the resume and everything else should be the initial who you've beat and your resume should be the number one deciding factor. And if it's too close, it should say who looks like the better team at the end. Because otherwise, what the hell are we doing here? Well, so that's you need to
1: honestly tell me- more where I'm at. That's the, I know. I know it sounds like I'm saying it in reverse, but at the end of the day, yeah, that's where that's kind of more. I'm where I'm saying Ohio State should be above Oregon because the resumes are similar, are they not? So does that mean that just simply because Oregon beat us and we have similar resumes, Oregon has to be on top? But then let's go and look at the eye test, and Ohio
0: State looks like the better team, so Ohio State should jump them. Yeah, but it, it shouldn't get to the eye test with Oregon. That's my point. It shouldn't get to the eye test because they beat us head-to-head. Head. That's part of the resume. But they also have a worse loss. Loss shouldn't be – that's what I'm saying, dude, That that
2: and that's, that's where I'm yeah, at. Yeah, that's – I guess that's where I was But I don't mean to – Cut right. Go in, ahead. But dude. I think you, you jump in, man. I was about to say, I was about to say, like, I think that's where in my mindset, like, okay, see, when you say that, like I said, I, I still go back to the old school way. Like, if you I don't care what your record is, if you beat me, like football's a one game. Like it's not basketball. It's not a best of three. It's not a best of seven. I just feel like if you beat me, I have to give you the nod. But then again, that's just like maybe that's just me speaking as if I had a football team or my, you know, my football team. But I guess I kind of ask you that because it's like I know we're talking about CFP, but I always go back to the conference. Like if Indiana beats us or uh, I'm sorry, like if uh, I didn't mean to say Indiana, but if if Michigan State beats us, we're not going to make it to the Big Ten title because they got the head to head. Like we need them to lose again. You see what I'm saying? That's where I've always been. Like I believe that the head to head matters. And I guess that's why I ask you if it was if it was Georgia, Alabama, and let's say Cincinnati at three, say the CFP some week, I don't know when, but let's say the second to last or the, almost the dead last week say, Hey, they're in no matter what. And then it comes down to the four spot. We're in the Big Ten, and then the Pac twelve is they're in their championship, and we both win no matter what the score is. Can you honestly say, hey, we should be four? Over Oregon when they beat us. So they deserve to be in because how can that, you put in a team so that the key just question. lost to there, that?
1: There's the key question. The question that we've really been trying to get at this entire thing is deserving or who should really be there. That's the question. So deserving, yeah. yeah. That's, that's, deserving that's Eye test
0: de- versus resume. Like No, there's about. different ways to go about deserving. So deserving is your resume. Eye test is what you're talking about deserving yeah yeah it's not as black and white but yeah
1: for the most part yeah so at this point deserving or not because i'll be honest you know deserving we never we uh let me say this right in past years with ohio state all right so if you think in past years ohio state got in the cfp without winning the big 10 title right so we got in on eye test right yep and think of the year in 2015 okay we didn't get in, and our only loss was to Michigan State, who ended up winning the Big Ten Championship and got in. And we lost by three points and arguably had a top-four team that year. We really did. We just could never get all the cylinders clicking at the same time. But our roster and with everyone we had coming back in with our potential, but we definitely didn't deserve it that year and didn't get in. So I think they always go by Ohio State more on deserving than they go by us on eye test. And I feel like this is a circumstance in a year where I really feel like the eye test is more of a true test of what we are compared to deserving. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, but are you saying that as an Ohio State fan or are you just saying that as a football fan? Because you can't decide that one year the resume matters and the next year it's the eye test. Well, it's
1: hard to be a football fan without being an Ohio State fan. You know, it's really hard for me to try to take my fandom for Ohio State out of that context because then if I don't have a general interest – in a specific team, you know, if I'm just someone on the sidelines, I just want to see the best four teams in there. If someone deserves it and snakes by all these games and then gets into the CFP and is a 15, 18-point underdog and gets blown out, that's no fun to watch. And do I think that's possibly what could happen if Oregon gets into the CFP at number four and has to play um, Georgia? Yeah, I think it's going to be a blowout. It's the same reason with Oklahoma. You know, why Oklahoma was not 8, 9, and 0, oh, and they were ranked 8th. They were deserving, weren't they? But they were going yeah. a lot off the eye test there, so they valued eye tests when they looked at uh, at Oklahoma, but they're but not Chaz,
0: valuing eye tests with Ohio State. Well, let me ask Chaz, because Chaz and I agreed on one thing, and that was that we thought Cincinnati could beat Oregon today. Yeah. Okay, so so Chaz— I think they could. I don't think they will. So using that— Using that analogy, though, okay, and the fact that Cincinnati has a top ten win, a current top ten win, okay, Chaz, you know, tell me right now, why is Cincinnati not in the top four?
2: I think it's because of like money, dude. I mean, who honestly, if you had to pick the matchup, would you rather see? Would you rather see Alabama play Cincinnati or Alabama play Ohio State?
0: Now, see. I'm going to answer that differently because I'm me, but I understand what you're getting at. So, I, yes, the rest of the nation wants to see the latter. Yeah, I understand.
2: My point was, is like to that question, yes, but I'm not, you know, I'm not here to talk about like the money thing. I'm not here to talk about like which is going to revenue more money because let's be honest, Ohio State revenues, you know, or brings ratings up. And that's just facts. That's not being arrogant to anybody or any other team. It's true. We travel well and we always make, ratings so you know i'm not talking about that side of of football i'm just talking as like actual just just two teams on the field you know i'm trying to keep all the business stuff out of it you know all the all that crap i was just asking davis because like i said how would it how would you like because we're on we're on the end where a team beat us but how would you feel if it was reversed you know say we beat oregon can you honestly say oh, yeah, we deserve to be there, or you see what I'm saying? That's why I'm asking, because I I just want to get your feel on when it – because it's going to happen when it gets to the end, because my biggest fear is – I know I haven't got to say this on here yet, but my biggest fear is that Oregon's going to win this Saturday. And I don't think they will. I don't. And I know when Chad was saying about how I feel about Oregon in this week, I've called this ever since they put the schedule out. I think Utah's going to beat them at Utah. And then I don't think we're going to have to worry about it. But I was just worried if it happens, you know, can you honestly say and like if you were voting, could you vote Ohio State over Oregon, even though Oregon's
1: got the head to head? I just here's where I'm at, too. OK, so I'll, I'll even give you the benefit of the doubt and saying, OK, Oregon deserves to be above Ohio State. And especially at this point now, if you want to look at resumes. But if you look at this past rank win we just had. This top 10 matchup we're getting ready to have, and then another potential almost top five ranking that we're getting ready to have, and then another potential top 20 ranking in the Big Ten uh, championship game. Going through that gone unbeaten, even if Oregon does, at what point there are we teetering on the, the more deserving? At that point, is it still that close that we have the tiebreakers, the head-to-head? Yeah, see, I, I don't know. That's
2: why I was just asking you. I I don't know. But I, my know, I, just, know. I think it's suggest- my answer is obviously no. Well, I obviously I'm just saying if I'm sitting in a room, I'm sitting in a room, and both teams are which would be what eleven and or two, twelve and one, so twelve and, tw- 12 and one twelve and one, they're both champs, and then there is that deciding factor of head to head. I'm sorry, I've always been the type of guy. Well, you beat them, so you deserve you you go ahead. It's I'll not it like I, beat I, them I can,
1: and then, didn't, sorry. They've said they've said they've said really early in the CFP when this first even was inducted. Right. They want the four best teams in. Now, they've jumbled all this other information in there about how they're going about doing it, about what criteria they're using, which one they're picking and choosing, blah, blah, blah. They want the four best teams in. They've said that. Now, obviously, you could have a really good team that you think probably is one of the best four in there that may have one or two losses and may be out based upon just other records, which, again, happened in 2015 with Ohio State and one loss and didn't get in. But at this point, you've got to have the four best teams in if that's
0: honestly why they created this in the first place. Yeah, but and let me ask you a question, dude. The four best teams based on what? Exactly. That's That's the whole thing. That's where we're at. Because, so, like, are you saying the best four teams that you think look the best? Are you saying the best teams that have the best resume? The yes. teams with the best wins? The teams with the worst yes. losses? Like, what yes. are you saying? That, yes. That's that's my question. Not to you, to the CFP. Yes. You know what I mean? And no yes. one has c- come out with a clear-cut criteria. Yes. I, I think <laughs> for the CFP,
1: it's
2: it's money. That's what I think.
1: It does feel a little political. It does feel a little political.
2: Yeah. And that, and I was just like I said I I don't mean to continue to repeat myself I just wanted to ask you because I felt like like you you really missed you know what I'm saying you missed a good well see I'll, I'll be I'll you be honest man I, it, it,
1: the best way I could put it it's situational from year to year sometimes because when you have a lot of teams that are all kind of jumbled around like this year seems like more of an eye test kind of year and I think that's a real thing I mean look at the Heisman race too. The Heisman See, race is just that. up for grabs, but that's the kind you, of year. But is. how do you pick? There's a goal? only one. There's only one team in the country that is probably a verified, guaranteed spot, even if they lose another game, and that's Georgia. Other than that, you can have a legitimate argument on teams two through nine on who could who who could be deserving to get in.
0: You so can that How point, can
1: you tell when you have that? when you have t- three spots for eight teams? How do you judge that? Because if, if everyone wins out from from this point on, looking forward, I mean, some of them are going to be some like matches and will narrow it down, but you're going to have very similar resumes and you're going yeah, to have I, to use that eye test.
0: I know, but you can't do that. That's my point, dude. So, like, how would you that's feel what if their job in the past? I know, but how could you feel if your job came out with different criteria every year? So, how if did they Alabama, say, hold on, how did listen, listen to me. Title? Let me say my, let me say what I want to say. Are you going to let me say what I want to say? If you say something smart, I am if your job calls you into your (laughs) office this year and says Davis you did not get a raise this year because you did not do x y and z and you say you know what you're right this year I'm going to do x y and z and the next year you not only do you do x y and z you do a and b too okay and then they call you and said sorry man this year we're not worried about x y z we're worried about something else okay you're going to be pissed and that's (laughs) how do you know that (laughs) (laughs) welcome to the the real world (laughs) I'm just saying, you can't decide. You can't you decide one year that something matters and something, and another year, oh, this feels like an eye test year. No horse. Shit. There should Guess be what? strict Guess strategic guidelines. Guess what? That's exactly guidelines.
1: what they've done. You yeah, can go you back years. I'm year saying year that's horse. You can point out this team got in on eye test. Alabama didn't win the SEC championship, Ohio State did, and Alabama got the nod over Ohio State. It was eye test. More deserving was Ohio State. They won their conference championship. Alabama didn't. Now, Alabama ended up going on and winning the national title that year.
0: I'm not but disagreeing. That with was a year they went it's on. eye test sh-
1: deserving. It so is it has but, to be so. Their criteria lies where I'm at. My criteria this year, the way it has panned out, feels more like it's more important for the way you're looking. You can look at these resumes because a lot of them are going to be very similar by the end of the year, and it's going to be hard to decipher. So, is the most important thing just that head to head, or is it how they look? Because let's say Oregon barely squeaks by Utah and then only wins by seven or, you know, seven points or less on all the other matches, and Ohio State blows out Michigan State, Michigan, and the Big Ten Championship game. That eye test has got to be important at that point. What do you think happened to Ohio State in the very first year when we won 59 nothing against Wisconsin? Who was well, more was deserving? 13th, was it Baylor? That was, a, that was, was the 13th data
2: point. They said that was the 13th data point because 13. they sat idle. That's what they said. No, I'm repeating. I know that sounds like a smart but that's what they said. Well, I know. Remember? I'm just saying
1: that in jest, but I'm saying Ohio State got the nod. You know why? Because they got
0: the nod on eye test. They did. They said they said 13th data point. My point is this. Do not come out to us. If that's the way that it is, if you're saying, hey, man, every year, we're just going to decide who we think the four best teams are. We don't give a shit about the criteria. We're just going to come out and say, who are the best four teams in the country? Then just say that. Don't put out all this crap about all the stuff about head-to-heads and title, you know, who you won, who you beat. Don't say that then. That's fine. If you don't want to do that and that's the way that it is. fine, but just admit it. Come out and say that. I don't want to hear like, oh, this matters, this matters, this matters this year, but next year that doesn't matter. Just I know that they beat so-and-so, but we think they're a better football team, so we're putting them in. No, no, absolutely not, dude. You have to have – it has to be consistent no matter what it is, even if it's not the way we want it to be. It has to be consistent has to be
1: it should be I agree see another reason why I'm arguing so much for this I- uh, test thing is they clearly said the I-test matter between Michigan State and Michigan that's the whole reason they put Michigan ahead of Michigan State even though Michigan State won that head-to-head so yeah, you're but gonna no, sit can- there right so you're gonna sit there and tell me then that the committee believes that That head-to-head didn't matter, but the head-to-head matters with Oregon because they really believe that Oregon is that closely matched up or looks that much better than Ohio State. Are you kidding? Like we
0: talked about last week. I mean, yeah, we're we're talking about Michigan State. We're talking about all that stuff, but let's talk about at the back of the thing, dude, Wisconsin and Purdue. Let's talk about that. Same thing. They honored the head-to-head back there. Wisconsin beat Purdue. They've honored it in several spots. They have, but guess what? Purdue beat beat number three uh, Michigan State. They beat Iowa too. And my point is they're behind Wisconsin. So they my point is you can't decide. You can't tell me that, like, okay, the head to head matters when we decide it does, but it doesn't matter in certain situations. No bull- it either matters or it don't. That's what they're that's doing. It. But that's what I know, they're and ending. I
1: hate and it. And that's that's, what that's I'm why I'm arguing that they've clearly stated that eye test does matter this year because they've proven it and they even said it on television. So my take is How, if you're actually watching these games, can you honestly believe that Oregon looks like a better team when they have the head-to-head and and the exact same uh, record? How can you say that?
0: if you're saying 100% by eye test, if that's the way we're going, then no, you cannot. Right, but that's what they did with Michigan and Michigan State. But I'm saying, what I'm saying is that then fine. If that's the way it is, fine. Come out and say that. And then Kirk Herbstreet and, and Desmond and all those guys on the CFP show can stop talking about all the resumes because they're not relevant. They're relevant at that point.
1: Listen, I'm, I'm going to make a hot take right now, and I know people probably won't even hear this before the CFP uh, comes out tomorrow. Or, I'm sorry, not tomorrow, but uh, Tuesday. If they had an ounce of gut in them, judging by what they said last week, they will put Ohio State at three and Oregon at four. If they have an ounce of gut in them. What do you think, Chaz? And you think just because of what happened Saturday, they should be ahead of them? I thought it before Saturday. I understand we had a couple bad games, but so did they. But we've overall on the season looked better than they have. Even if you look between the lines, I know they won that game. I know we made mistakes in that game. But we were able to move the ball all around on them. The defense you know, has improved. I, Everyone has agreed on television and the media that the defense has improved from what we were then. We're not the same team. Oregon has not improved from who they were then. They're the same thing. That's why people believe if you match us back up again, it's an Ohio State win, 9 out of 10.
2: You know, I may be going off here. Can I ask you this one? Is it be, do, do you think it's the Buckeye in you that wants to play
1: Alabama? Is that why you want to jump? No, I'm not even looking at. I'm not even looking at. It's just a point. I I have an issue. I just haven't. No, it has nothing to do with future matchups or anything. To be perfectly honest, this year, um, I think whoever ends up being in the four hole is going to get a tough semifinal matchup. And I think whoever's in the two and three is going to be a good match. Whoever ends up being there. Um, I think it is important that we avoid Georgia in the semifinal, if at all possible. And I think you know, the worst thing that could happen is Alabama beats Georgia because then they're still going to be one and two. Um, and then, uh, not one, yeah, still one and two. They'll put Alabama at one. They'll probably only drop Georgia to two or even three. But either way, if you're in two or three, you've got to find a way, in my opinion, to avoid that Georgia matchup in the semifinal. Because if you look at the other year, so Ohio State has never had – that easy Oklahoma or that easy Michigan state or that easy Washington semifinal matchup in the CFP. We've always had a tough semifinal opponent and that takes a lot out of you, whether you win or lose it as proven by last year when we got, you know, stomped by Alabama in the national title game, given we were shorthanded, but you know, it's almost like it's an extra benefit to get that cakewalk game that, Alabama seems to get every year don't they you know they get that Oklahoma that easy win or against Notre Dame that easy win and then they can glide right into the national title game so standing is important and if you want to play doomsday scenario we'll say Alabama does beat Georgia we'll say Oregon does win out and Cincinnati does win out and Notre Dame does win out because Notre Dame's crept right up behind Ohio State at least in the AP they have you know at that point you know doomsday scenario we need to be Starting to creep up these rankings earlier before that last one to not try to pull off the two thousand and fourteen and jump someone at the very end.
0: What do you think, Chad? Are you saying who's getting in? Is that what you're I'm, asking?
1: Say- I'm saying I'm saying in doomsday Center. the reason why I think it's important that we jump Oregon before the end of the year and it needs to be done based on we think that we're the better team. It's not just based on like okay, so this all started because
0: Chad, okay, no, hold on whoa whoa whoa, real quick before you go there. What you're dealing with, though, when you say I test and you say all this stuff is a hypothetical. You're saying hypothetically, we think if we played you again, we could beat you. But it doesn't matter. I already played you and I beat you. In real life, not hypothetically. What you're going off of is a hypothetical where you think that you could beat Oregon at this point, right? We think Ohio State can beat Oregon. Everybody thinks we can. But the point is, dude, we don't, we're not getting that opportunity. In reality, they beat us. That's well, real. Yeah, I get it,
1: okay? And maybe it's been harder for me to accept that loss because I know that we're a better team than that, and we definitely did not play a good game. And Oregon played really well. That was Oregon's best game they played all year. And seeing that that was our worst game, and it was a seven-point game where we still all gained by over 100 yards of offense. Like, I truly believe we are the better team. And I have to feel like if people are really watching these games throughout the season, they'd have to really see that Ohio State has really grown and... We can see that they struggled in that game, and it's not that Oregon dominated Ohio State. It's not that Oregon was the better team. Oregon came out on top that day, and since that was the similar criteria with the Michigan-Michigan State matchup and a few other ones they had in the CFP, why are they not doing that for Ohio State over at Oregon? And it's important that we establish that earlier on because we may, that may be important for matchups in the CFP or even at risk of, in a doomsday scenario, getting left out altogether if all these teams above us uh, keep winning out, and especially the ones behind us.
0: I agree. I'm just making the dev- devil's advocate argument here. Yeah. As if, if I'm an Oregon fan, like at the end of the day, like you can hypothetically think you beat me on me one, but we beat you. That's it. At the end of the day, well, we beat you. Well, listen, th- th- they
1: may be possible. You're saying the hypothetical. It may be possible. If Georgia beats Alabama and Oregon and Ohio State win out, there's very likely a chance that Oregon and Ohio State are going to be two and three. And they're going to play a semifinal game. And I'll be honest, I'm kind of rooting for that to happen.
2: Oh, I am too. I'm right behind you on that one.
0: See, I'm, a, I'm, I'm the opposite. You, you guys want that. You know what I want? I want number four because I think George is beatable. I don't think George is all that great. Everybody's talking all this stuff. Oh, George is the greatest team ever. No, they're not. Look at George's history. Look at how many times they've blown it year in, year out. Yeah, they got a good defense. Guess what? Their offense, average. Yeah, average. it's just average. Yeah. I,
2: I was about to say, I, I I'm kind of with Davis, like because I would want Ohio State to have one one time to have an easy road. You know, I want to be able to be the favorite by 14 points and then go to the national title. You know, I, I'm not gonna lie about yeah. it. I would like to, but the real question is, and I know, like I said, I don't mean to go back, but hypothetically, Georgia wins out. They beat Alabama. Oregon was out. Ohio state wins out since he wins out. How does the top four shape up? Cause we didn't get Davis on the last one. And I'd like to hear his on that one.
1: So you said Georgia wins, Ohio state mm-hmm. wins. Um, Oregon wins. No,
0: he said Alabama beat Georgia,
1: right? No, Georgia wins. loses to Georgia. Yeah. So yeah. Georgia, Georgia obviously won. Um, at that point, Oregon Moving up to number two, if they don't decide to jump them more, it might be irrelevant because it would be Oregon, Ohio State, in the two and three hole. And then the fourth team, which is really going to be the debate, could still potentially be Oklahoma State. Um, Oklahoma State, if they – have they played – they haven't played Oklahoma yet. So Oklahoma State, if they beat Oklahoma, and if they continue with what they're doing, they have the potential to jump Cincinnati. I mean, I know people don't want to hear that, but it's true. Um, but it, I think it would be a toss-up. Probably between Oklahoma State and Cincinnati. I don't see anyone else on that list. You can't put Notre Dame because Cincinnati uh, beat them, and it's not a like record anymore because Cincinnati's unbeaten. If Cincinnati had one loss and beat Notre Dame, then there might be more discussion there.
2: So you think Alabama jumps or drops below top five?
1: Uh, at least below top four. They don't get in with a loss. A two-loss Alabama team that does not win the SEC is not getting in over an unbeaten Cincinnati or an un, or a one-loss Oklahoma
0: State. Well, what if the committee says, hey, man, we just feel like Alabama looks like the better team?
1: Yeah, but at that point, that's almost doing it irresponsibly because then you're completely ignoring record. Like, there's got to be some sort of balance there, which is kind of the point I was trying to make earlier. You know, I'm not saying that, hey, we have two, three losses, but we think you're the one of the best four, so we're going to put you in anyways. Like, there still has to be some, you know, consequences for losing multiple games and not winning your conference, okay? There has to be. And you still have to be able to produce in the field, and you may be one of the top four, but you can't have two snoozers like that where you're losing to uh, to, to two different teams, regardless of what the talent level you're going
0: against. I mean i just uh, i think it's great that we have three different opinions on this as far as like just the angle that everybody's looking at it like and that makes this this talk you know this makes what what's fun about college football dude having these talks like this because everybody's coming from something different everybody's brain works a little bit differently and they have different opinions which is great but anyway speaking of different opinions um we've been on this podcast for like ever so let's do this, man. Um, Chaz, thanks again for coming on, dude. Like we always enjoy having you on, dude. It's awesome. And I always appreciate you guys having me on. Like I said, Davis and Chad. Like it's, I,
2: I always have a lot of fun. So thanks again.
0: Yeah, no problem. And Davis is good to have you back, man. Um, I missed your hairline. It's probably because it's so far away, but I did miss your hairline. Um, so with that being said, dude, take us away.
1: First of all, you can't have a hairline if you're bald. There's just no hairline the whole point of it being a hairline is there's got to be hair there on the first place. Well, It's I, in I the back.
0: It's an onion. It's in the back, dude. I mean, it's way in the back. It's in the back 40. No, it's back dude. There. It, it, I use Bic <laughs> razor. Nice try.
1: Yeah. It's, it's shiny.
0: <laughs> it's shiny.
1: Nice try. So moving forward, uh, as always guys, you know, you can catch us on all major streaming services. We're on Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, radio, um, Amazon music, YouTube music, all that stuff. Um, but definitely give us a listen. um, we also got a facebook page um we put a lot of interesting content on there um we do our prop bets i know we've kind of missed the last few weeks but we're going to get back to that again for the michigan state game so be listening for the next episode on that and uh, we just really enjoy the support guys you know we recently went over a thousand downloads um on our online stuff so uh, we know that we're starting to gain in popularity and we'd love to kind of hear back from you guys to you know see maybe some things that you'd like to hear uh we just love more interaction but at the end of the day, we just really love just talking football, talking Ohio State. No, no matter how heated we get with this, you know we're super passionate, and we just really enjoy what we do. So we appreciate you, you guys, kind of riding along with us on that. So until next time, next time, guys, as always, go Bucks. Oh H.